on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Want to be a Google Ads expert? We break down with Julie the Google Ads Expert Series Welcome to 2022 and tell you what not to do. We're keeping tabs on a new bill that attempts to put a ban on, quote, surveillance advertising, end quote. Plus, Instagram creates a new feature that has about 10 people excited, literally. All on today's show. (laughs) You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on January 21st, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode. Greg, how is the year of Greg going? Any um, it's, updates? It's picking up. I'm really forcing my way through the year of Greg here. But one thing that we tried to make our kids go to this week was something called Mealtime Manners. And it's a place where they oh, can no. go and learn. Because if you're not a parent, you just don't know. Sometimes your kids just don't listen to you. They need somebody else to tell them. And then they like accept it. Like it's just it, that's the case. So we're like, all right, you can go to Mealtime Manners. They'll teach you how to eat a dessert. So the other day, my son looks at me and goes, Dad, I'm excited for Mealtime Manners. I can't wait to eat the dessert and make the biggest mess in the world. Sounds like it's working. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, that's not what you do. Like, you're going to make me look bad. Like, you're going to go there and Tasmanian Devil Mealtime Manners. Do you know how it I, turned out? It's Friday. Oh. oh. Okay. So I mean, it's to today. today. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to give us an update. I will. Next show. <laughs> Jess, do you have anything good going on? Not a thing. As you know, I was pouring my heart into my small business last week. So nothing interesting happened in my life other than that. But nothing funny happened. Yeah, we it went great. You. Welcome back. Missed you too. I listened to the show. Yeah. We're very excited for you. Thank you. Well, I had a really slow week too. The Buffalo Bills are like in the playoffs, I guess. So Saturday night, everyone was watching that. And I was home with the baby. And my husband has season tickets. So he got playoff tickets. So I was home alone. But I felt like I had to have the game on or I was a complete loser. Like, I live in Buffalo. I should care. So I had it on, but it just was not holding my attention. So I went upstairs. I emptied all the sock drawers. We have a lot of mismatched socks in our house. And I spent like two hours pairing off all the socks. And we're playing Guilty Pleasures at the end of the show. But it was truly like the most magical two hours of my life. And I felt so accomplished. And now I just want to mix Master them again just to do it again. I Okay. That, first of all, do you keep them loose? This is two kinds of people, but it's an important question. Do you keep them loose or you just have like stray ones that don't match with the matched pairs that you have in your drawer? Stray ones. And then you'll get like a pack of athletic socks that are like kind of matching like Not in this household. Yeah, no. No, no. We have a uniform sock policy. You get one type of sock. That's it. That's weird too. You guys are extreme opposites. But you just take everything, you just dump it into a drawer and it's all the same sock. Good. Why not? Why would you want to take that time and do what Shep's doing? I'd rather watch the the bills. Don't you get socks as gifts for like every holiday? I yeah, always they get donated. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love wow. these socks. No, I donate. Uh, yeah, I, I 
it's too much stress. You have to match. Oh, I got to get this black sock, this white. It's too much. I can't do it. Well, mine just never match until this week. And then they won't next week <laughs> yeah. either. Just hope we make it to the Super Bowl. Send them to Shep's house. <laughs> She'll have lots of time. <laughs> well, before we get into the news this week, we are so excited to be sponsored by the one and only Ahrefs this month. If your New Year's resolution was to improve your website's SEO performance and get more traffic from search, we have an amazing offer for you because you can access many of Ahrefs' most loved features at absolutely no cost with Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Right, Greg? Absolutely. And I'm, nobody here is saying that Google Search Console or Bing Webmaster Tools is bad. We're just saying there was a way to make them better and Ahrefs found it. <laughs> you can now see all of your data mixed with proprietary signals from Ahrefs. The things that really matter outside of your site into other people's sites so you can see where to focus, what's going well, and where you can get the most bang for your buck. Ahrefs did it. They made something unbeatable better. It's truly fantastic, and you can see it in action at Ahrefs, that is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T, Almost a thousand people register for Ahrefs Webmaster Tools every day. We are three of them to improve their website's SEO performance and get more traffic from search. And you should too. And Check Shep, it out. Performance note here: one thousand and three people register <laughs> every day. <laughs> yes. Getting into the news this week via The Verge, Democrats unveiled a new bill this week to ban online quote surveillance advertising. That's the term that they are using. First off. I've never heard the term surveillance advertising no. in my life. I've heard performance advertising. Performance, mm. I've heard all types of things, but never surveillance advertising. It's one of those things where they're just spinning it one way. Whatever. Yeah. I don't even know who did this. Whatever they did, they're spinning it one way to make it sound bad. Yes. So the it is called the Banning Surveillance Advertising Act, and it prohibits digital advertisers from targeting any ads to users it makes some small exceptions like allowing for, quote, broad location-based targeting, contextual advertising, like ads that are specifically matched to online content would also be allowed. That is a quote from The Verge. First of all, at least for what? Google ads, I don't know how the location targeting could be any broader. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe, they were, maybe they're playing chess and we're playing checkers this whole time. I, you know, they're just like, oh, it's mad. Go to the Matchton report. It's people looking mm -hmm. in the, like, you can't do anything yeah. right now. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I love the analogy you had about that um, Facebook documentary that came out earlier this year and how they acted like they were controlling everyone with like puppets on a string. Oh, yeah, last year, last year, yes. 2021. Oh, yes, 2021. Mm -hmm. And e in reality, every time you log in, it's like crashed, like doesn't work. Yeah, it's like, oh, meta editor. It, it's You can't do anything. Everything's wrong. You can't load it. Like they're acting like no. advertisers are like these like, masterminds like we're all like sitting around like twiddling our fingers like ooh, mm -hmm. what can i do to get people today like no i'm trying to help people i know and sell then, their product the funny thing is like that contextual marketing or contextual advertising or targeting we can't even see stuff now with google like we can't even see all the terms like i i don't know it's all a little bit too much yeah so a few more details about what this bill actually would do it would empower the ftc and state attorneys general with the authority to enforce the new rules for ad targeting. It also allows individual users to sue the platform like Google and Facebook if they break the law, generating up to $5,000 per violation. <laughs> I, 
Mm. I like that they're hurting Facebook and Google and not the advertisers, I guess, with that one. That would be really bad if they could come after. The whole thing hurts the advertisers, though. And it hurts. I mean, I feel like Facebook says it a lot. The small businesses thing, the small businesses thing and everything they say to try to combat talk like this. But it is you're hurting businesses. Like when you say advertisers, like you don't think about the business behind it. That's just trying to sell a product or service or promote a cause or whatever they're doing. Um, So there are definitely people who abuse it and bring shame to the name. But there are people who aren't. And I feel like it's on the platforms. It's on Google and Facebook to figure out a way to, to do this safely and without malintent and they just need to figure it out yeah and i think that's a great point like that location like if you're an actual small local business like mm-hmm. uh, um, amazing entrepreneur that i know here you don't want to target the united states sure don't. for your local craft brew shop brewed and bottled brewedbottled.com did I get that right? Thank okay. you. No yes. and in the URL. No and. Couldn't get that. But like if you did that and you couldn't target the local area, that would be a huge problem. You'd be like, all right, well then I'm going to go to a, a news. Did all of a sudden newspapers get more targeted if this would pass? You know what I mean? Yes. Which is they insane. They would. That's crazy. And billboards would take off. A TV does. If you want to call this surveillance, like knowing who your audience is, TV does that. Yeah. TV's been doing it for years. Watch a soap opera, get a life insurance ad. Like they just know their audience, and so do we. We're just trying to be smart. But that's not using your contact information, personally identifiable information, or a pixel. And that's really what okay. this is about, to be fair. Fine. But that said, point remains. <laughs> yeah, but still. That's what you gotta say. Yeah, but still. Or it's debatable yeah. is the other answer. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with this, but for now it looks like this bill is a thing. So we'll see how it turns out. What else is happening, Greg? All right. We're gonna keep it here on the legal roundtable. Mm. In bad news for US cloud services, Austrian websites use of Google Analytics has been found to breach the GDPR. And this comes from TechCrunch is where I saw it first. So the Australian DPA was looking at a website. Austrian. Austrian, yes. <laughs> I don't know what their main animal is in Austria, but it's not the koala. That's not, <laughs> like, it's not the kangaroo or koala around. Do you know any Austrian animals? Maria think- von Trapp. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. It's a sound of sound music. Deer. Yeah, I don't, I've never seen it. I've never seen the movie. I'm sad for you. I'm not. Um, anyway, apparently Google Analytics is violating Chapter 5 of the EU's General Data Protection Regulation of the GDPR, which deals with data being transferred out of the block. So essentially, you need to keep all that information within the EU and not transfer it outside of the area. By having information in Google Analytics that has things like, they could be considered personally identifiable. I'm not saying they're right or wrong with this. But that's the case. They say U.S. intelligence services use certain online identifiers, quote, or parentheses, such as the IP address or unique identification numbers as a starting point for the surveillance of individuals. And it goes on to say, in particular, it cannot be excluded that these intelligence services have already collected information with the help of which the data transmitted can be traced back to the person of, of the complainant. And of course all these other analytics platforms started coming out and really making a big deal about this because this is technically not legal according to Austria within the GDPR. But then I'm thinking like, isn't the GDPR like EU, like Mm -hmm. all the EU? So then if Austria 
rules this way? Is everybody else going to rule this way? And then if you have anybody out there that is traffic from the EU, are you then breaking the GDPR by having Google Analytics on your site? And so Fathom Analytics, surprise, surprise, competitor, says, breaking news, the Austrian Data Protection Authority has ruled Google Analytics is illegal. If you have anybody from the EU visiting your website, you need to read this thread immediately. And you can go read it over at Use Phantom on Twitter. That image is the equivalent of a celebrity mugshot. It's it is Google Good. Analytics, and then they had have a big illegal stamp I over know. it. Like you can hear that that <laughs> yeah. big noise hitting the paper, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's like you know, uh, Harvey Levin is about to come on and be like, yeah. "Oh, here's 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 Who's what happened." TMZ guy. Oh, I know him. Did you say THC? TMZ. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> He's probably on that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was Hillary Quinn from Proxima Webs on our Discord server, community.marketingclock.com, shared another link that I hadn't seen from Plausible, another analytics company. And they have a very, I'd say, well-reasoned argument. And they say that Google Analytics is breaking the GDPR, but Plausible Analytics is a genuine European Google Analytics alternative. And they go on to say they... Give, give them a chance. They're an independent and bootstrap project incorporated in Estonia. Our team is based in Estonia and Belgium. All visitor data we collect is hosted in Germany on servers owned by a German company, Hetzner, and they use a Slovenian-owned provider for their global CDN, Bunny, which, you know, whatever. So I thought that that was very interesting. And if you have a lot of traffic in those locations, you may want to do a combination of both. I don't think anybody's come out from the entire EU saying Google Analytics is illegal. So don't take it off of your site. Wait for more information is what I would say. If this is a problem, every website is going to face a lot. Like they can't do that. They can't go after everybody for having Google Analytics on your site. But you may want to look at alternatives. Mm -hmm. And plausible, at least to me, made a good case. Maybe Phantom... Um, has that as well. And so I also went further to ask Hillary in our Discord channel what she thought about um, she uses plausible and if that could be a good alternative. She says, I like it. I think analytics users would find it thin, but I have a preference for simple. You can still get UTM tagging, add goals, and the data is interesting. People are seeing more hits on plausible than analytics, presumed to be because of browsers blocking analytics. And I think that's just the, you know, like a ghostery or something that's just blocking everything. She goes on to say, it also means I don't need cookie consent on my site, which is nice to have. I hand code social sharing links so there's no JavaScript loaded via widget style, so no Facebook cookies, et cetera. Plausible is also very fast compared to the GA. I lost one point for page speed tester. My big question now is if an EU company uses Shopify, for example, or any third-party provider and they have built-in analytics, is the cookie consent they provide going to be enough? Hmm. And I would venture no. If Google Analytics is illegal. Shopify information being stored on servers that are hosted in the US or wherever outside of the EU likely wouldn't be enough. And that's why I think this it's too big to fail. You can't you just can't have it fail. And there may be a workaround. What is probably going to happen, Google might go out there and say, hey, we're going to host specific things in certain countries or figure out some workaround where servers, I, I don't know, they'll, they'll figure something out. They're, they're too big to let this fail, in my personal opinion on it. But I appreciate that, Hillary, for that information. You can follow her at Proximo Webs 
on Twitter. She also has a SEO tweets newsletter. You can sign up when you're there and she's got a podcast. You can get that SEO podcast.webflow.io if you want. And again, she's just good people and we need more good people in the world. And so she's got a masterclass as well with three Irish women talking about what to do in digital marketing, how to find ideal clients online in 2022. So get that as well. Plug, plug, plug. Thanks for the help, Hillary. We appreciate it. What you got, Jess? Nothing that complicated. I know. Are we <laughs> done with the legal news? We're done with legal news. Now it's on to the bullshit you know and love from me. I'm assuming you're going to edit that later. I'm just going to swear today. It's a new goal. <laughs> you can bleep that out. That's a low-key Claxker Award category we're going to have that Shep is owning. I've had to bleep her far more than anybody else okay. ever. We got to talk about this in a minute, but you were trying to be proactive about the Claxkers for the first time. I'm updating it as we're going. <laughs> Instead of giving me nominees, you're making up new categories and yeah. making more work. That's what the people want. For the 2022 <laughs> Claxkers. It's only 12 months away, Shep. Okay. 11 and a half. <laughs> okay, here I come. Creators who love money rejoice. This is from TechCrunch by way of Matt Navarra at Matt Navarra on Twitter. He says, Instagram launches early test of creator subscriptions in the U.S. Creators can offer subscriptions at eight, count them, eight different price points for exclusive subscriber-only content. From I'm not going to read all the eight price points. They go from 99 cents a month to 99.99 a month. That's $99.99 .99 a month. This is currently only available to 10 whole creators. <laughs> <laughs> They have more price tiers than creators who can use it. <laughs> Not exactly, but close. Uh, valid point. And the feature is aptly named Instagram subscriptions. So it will allow subscribers to access exclusive content. We already said that. They'll get the opportunity theoretically to connect more deeply with their favorite creators because they're part of a smaller audience if it's a subscriber-only live, for example. They can also show off their exclusive status. Greg, this is for you. Um, public comments or, or comments on public content with that same creator. You can have like a cool badge that says you're a subscriber, makes you look really cool. It'll also help you be identified in the creator's message request folders and inbox. I've never DM'd a creator, but if I did, I'd like a badge to be like, I'm obsessed with you. Please talk to me. Quick question. Let's see who, who gets it closer. If Jess were to DM somebody, who do you think would be a name instantly came to mind? Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie! <laughs> I love him. I'm, wait, is he canceled? <laughs> no. no. Okay. That's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love Rob Zombie. I might message his wife first because she's vegan and lovely, and I feel like I'd have a better chance getting her right. to respond to is me. Is she a creator? Let's go around to Sure. Second person you think Jess would DM. Don't say Rob Zombie's wife. Sherry Moon Zombie. Hillary Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Dave Navarro. I don't know why. Dave Navarro. Yeah, I just feel like you guys have the same vibe. Thank you. I dated Carmen Electra too. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that the badges are purple. So wait, who was closer? <laughs> what? Who won? Me you both Shep. had the same answer. Dave Navarro, he's cool. I said Hillary he Quinn. He was in Sons of Anarchy. That's not fair. She's <laughs> listening. <laughs> I'm messaging both of you and we'll see which one of you answers first and I'll know where, where the love is. $9.99 a month. <laughs> $99.99 a month. That's what you're worth to me. Okay. Anyway, if you ever see a story in your stories feed and it has a purple ring around it, that is a subscriber-only story. So purple seems to be the color. Take note of that. I know you don't care. According to this article, there's no dedicated... This is important for marketers if you are also creators and you're one of these 10 people. 
Uh, there's no dedicated subscription reporting in creator analytics, which is annoying. And you also can't export subscriber lists or any data around them. That would be really useful stuff to have. For surveillance advertising. Well, <laughs> okay, fair. But Instagram did say that it hopes to build tools. This is a quote. It hopes to build tools that would allow creators to connect with subscribers off platform in the future. I mean, I hope for a lot of things too, but it doesn't sound like they're working on that. They just seem to seem to want to sound fluffy. Anyway, they're trying to make up for that. They're saying they won't take a cut of subscription revenue until at least 2023. So maybe by then we'll have some good tools and analytics. Shep, I just need you to look. I took a screenshot yep. for you because Adam Masseri tweeted about this There as well. he is. There he is. That's as close to the camera as he got. I, I watched the entire video just I watched for you. it though, but it focused in on him again. They did. What they did. It? They do like a thing, like you're adjusting your glasses. If I were Adam Masseri, you'd have to get bifocals out because I would be so far away from that phone that he's working on. I don't know why. I don't know what he's up to. He loves just staring into your soul. Yeah. Talk about surveillance advertising. Mm. Adam is watching us. And so this is actually an idea we talked about here first. So they, Adam must be a listener, obviously. Obviously. But this is like essentially only fans that is mild, right? So it's like only stands, you know? Aww. <laughs> no. I ship that. You yeah. can use only fans for anything. You right. can. But if you get a bill like for Patreon. like, you look at your credit card receipt and it's like, oh, only fans, $9.99. Yeah. You get that every month. What are you going to think? They're trying to get away from it. Right. I know, but that's really still hard. like you look at your credit card bill, yeah. OnlyFans. On Who's what do looking you at my credit card bill, though? You. What do you think when you see that? Well, I mean, I would know who I was subscribed to. Well, you have other people in your house. Yeah, well, I would think he would t He would be like, oh, my God, it's OnlyFans, but it's this. No, but, but from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, say yeah, that we yeah, were. Yeah. But it's we a want, problem they have. 100%. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you are trying to go out there and put exclusive content out, let's say we're trying to put videos out that are something about how to do better within Google ads. I'm not doing it on OnlyFans. Yeah. I know that there's going to be a big stigma from people mm -hmm. that don't want to set up an OnlyFans account, get billed on their work credit card for OnlyFans, at least this way they could be like, <laughs> work credit card. Right? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Do you know what that. I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? You got to go to HR and be like, well, or, or finance and be like, this is OnlyFans account, I promise you, is marketing. Client. You would have to go to HR as well as finance, for sure. <laughs> You're right. All right, and some other news. We've got an amazing rundown of the Google Ads Expert Series. Welcome to 2022 by the one and only Salt J herself, Julie Pacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. And there was a giant presentation. I think it was like an hour long in the Google Ads Expert Series. And Julie went through one day and just tweeted all of the bits that you need to see. So you can catch awesome. all that over on the official ppcchat.com website. But we're just gonna run through a couple things that you should know. And my main takeaway watching this, and I watched it before this came out, and Julie got everything pretty much. Um, they're really focusing on broad match. RSAs are huge in 2022. Enhanced conversions is a big sticking point throughout this entire presentation. And then value-based bidding was one thing that I think also is super, super important from what they said. So here are a couple nuggets from Julie's thread. And again, check it all out and go give her a follow at Neptune Moon on Twitter. Uh, the winner of the 2021 best paid follow, mm -hmm. Julie Buccini. She's gunning for 2022. Look, don't make more work for me, Shep. <laughs> 
She says the recommended, they recommend a minimum of 15 conversions in the last 30 days to use their golden triangle. And that's a new term that I haven't heard them say before. It's broad. I don't edge. like it. No. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd see over on OnlyFans. I don't like it. <laughs> but the golden triangle is broad match, only RSAs, and smart bidding. <laughs> on that last joke and she says but 50 to 100 is actually better if you want this method to be outperform manual strategies and i know many people are against broad match on here i don't get the 15 conversions in 30 days but you can use data-driven attribution and you can get everything to work for ga4 like make up your mind is one of the things i feel like um but broad match was really huge and that golden triangle was a big deal and i'm putting a challenge out to you who is listening right now, running a Google Ads account, try Broadmatch. Give it a try with smart bidding. Everybody hates it. It is so different now. Google wants people to use Broadmatch. When Google wants something to happen, they make it work. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Performance Max, Broadmatch, you can't lose with those right now. They should have rebranded it. You have a mm. B2B client. Yeah. How's Broadmatch? Amazing. Would you have ever in a million years thought that? No, I'm ashamed to say we inherited the... I know it's shameful agency. And that's the only reason I tried it in 2021. Let's say it was January, 2021. What would you have said if I said use broad match? I would have thrown up. What would you say now? Try it. So you listening out there right now, watching this, try broad match. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Give it a try. That's why it's called trying. It's yeah. golden try angle. <gasps> that's Come way on. better. Right. Way better. <laughs> Julie goes on to say an interesting presentation point even though you can still run BMM keywords they have quote lost value quote so you should change them which is not something that Google said would happen they said it was going to inherit the new rules but apparently they're losing value and she says it's the same thing for ETAs they will lose value once we hit July 2022 note they already lost value they don't show they don't get nearly the impressions of RSAs but I guess that's a lost value. They means. haven't had value for like two years. <laughs> it's like also just yeah, get rid of them. That's true. I don't know. And, and everybody that's like, oh, that, which was me included, like go set up ETA so we won't lose them. Well, they're all lost value. They're lot. They're in there, but they're not doing so. Whatever. Um, anyway, moving on here, she says they're claiming that broad match terms automatically figure out which geographic modifier should match and which should not. Is it's not true in my experience? How about you all? Is what she says. I say, who knows? Because you can't actually see the terms anymore. So how can I answer that question, Julie? I don't have search terms, <laughs> especially in broad match. You don't get any terms in broad match. It's, it's, that's the downside you're going to face once you take our advice. It's like, it's <laughs> just going to be, just look at the conversion column. Yeah, yeah. just it. let it go. All right. She also says they confirmed that RSAs are already dominant. And if you have ad groups of both, if you have ad groups of both ETAs and RSAs, not a big surprise. We've all seen it. Well, we just talked about that. Um, and then she goes, good Lord, it continues. Poor RSA ad strength will result in lower impression share according to this presentation. How should you handle that? I kid you not, she says. Get in touch with your Google account manager for help. Now, this is a note. And she goes on to say, who has a real account manager? And you have to spend a lot, and then you get one. But this is to experts. And these are all people that are suckling off the Google Ads team. And so the Google Ads team is going in there and telling whatever they want is an estimate that is just my thought that I've seen in action. So allegedly that is happening. But I'd imagine the people that, that watch the presentation have an account manager. And if you spend enough, you definitely have an account manager. 
All right, so then I'm going to go into what I call the yikes section of the <laughs> report, where they gave a new recommendation for how to implement DSAs. And that recommendation is just put them in your campaign with your keywords. You make an ad group for one set of keywords, an ad group for another set of keywords, oh, no. and then DSAs. And my recommendation is don't ever do that. Never. Put, you're never going to be able to control where you're spending. Why? Why you're spend I'm, everything on DSAs? It's going to be DSAs. <laughs> and it's, it's like, and then it says add URLs and it's like automatically generated. Hmm. No, no, don't do this. I feel so bad for all these poor suckers out there that are listening to this. Go, oh, this is what Google to do. I'm going to put DSAs in my campaign full of all my other ad groups. No, don't do it. Separate it out. It's a completely different type. And then she goes on had a couple of questions. Today's show is going to be a little bit long, but there's just so much news. This is what happens there are every things to say. And we time. haven't had news in like a few weeks. I know. It, has it just slow. piles up. Yeah. Going as fast as we can, folks. So there's another question out there that says, what does the future of match types look like? Are there any plans to merge the remaining three match types? And she says, definitive no to this question, as there are no current plans to merge the three remaining match types, which is good news. Then there was a question asked by Anonymous saying, do you have any plans on getting rid of manual bidding? I personally like it a lot when starting a new campaign. The response that Julie says is, they said they do not have plans to get rid of manual bidding, but they do not advise using it, and especially not on bigger accounts. Thank God. Because on bigger accounts, I've got somewhere manual bidding does the heaviest lifting. Thank, thank goodness on that. All right, and then... That was mainly it for the news that Julie pulled out, but there's one bit of news that I'm adding called Greg's Corner here, and they seem to really hate Target CPA. Somebody watched this and said, it seems like Target CPA is going away in 2022. Ginny came out and clarified, it is not technically plans to sunset in 2022, but make a decision for yourself off of this information. These are quotes from the presentation. Quote, it, Target CPA, is something that we'd like to leave behind in 2021 because we believe that every conversion should get a value, end quote. Then they go on to talk about conversion value rules, like adjusting based off of location, device, ge uh, geography, I already said that, but you get the picture. The quote is, Target CPA and max conversions are not supported because, as we said in the beginning, we're moving away from Target CPA and we're moving away from max conversions because every conversion has value. Then they go on to say, that is why we won't advise to use target CPA and max conversions anymore because the one and the zero are the only two values that are actually coming in. You can, everybody can tell me I'm wrong on this. Everybody can hate on me. Good. I thrive off of it. It's my year. All right. <laughs> what I'm telling you is you need to start figuring out the value of your conversions, not just for Google ads, but for the page value metric on your content within Google analytics, you should do the work. So get from deal back to lead and then which forms drive more. So you need to look and say, all right, I get this many deals off of this many opportunities, off of this many SQLs, off this many MQLs, off of this many leads. And you need to take that look and say, well, you know what? A content download is worth one-tenth of what a demo request is. And you should put that in there and you should stop bidding towards those ones and zeros 
So I'm agreeing with them saying they should move away from it. It's just a lot of work. That's the problem. And then to, the other thing is phone calls. I don't know how on earth you can qualify that unless you bring revenue and things in. But with any forms you have online, you shouldn't be do. You should look to move past it, not just for this, but for the page value, which is a huge metric across all your content on your site. And I'm <laughs> ramped up today, everybody. But you can get ramped down with the LOLs section of Julie's tweet thread because these are the best parts that made me laugh. She says, you should apparently have your broad and exact match in the same ad group. They, quote, learn from each other, end quote. Oh, my God. I just picture that. They're just, like, talking to each other. And exact matches like the geek. It's like, you know, young Sheldon or something. And it's like, hey, just so you know, um, people are actually looking for the term that's included in here. And then you have the broad match term. It's like a just a, I don't know, like it's a drunk mo from Simpsons. <laughs> and it's just spitting out all the terms, you know? I feel like the broad match is just like kicking the exact match term. Yeah. Beating it yeah. up. But they're yeah. learning. Exact match is giving advice and broad match is beating them up. <laughs> it's like, nerd! <laughs> or literally throwing things at the wall. All right. Julie then goes on to say, and this is my favorite part. It was like at the very beginning. Uh, oh, no. This was at the very beginning. She said, I literally cackled while watching Google Ads. Welcome to 2022 presentation. They recommend checking your SQR search query reports every six months when using broad match and smart bidding. How often do we check negative terms? Every week, every yeah. day, sometimes. <laughs> like every other day, sometimes I'm launching things, but every six months. Every and this six. is how you know they're trying to steal your money. This is, well, I made the joke live and I should have saved it for this, but like, that's how often you have enough data to look at. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's it. So I'm going to go shut and nominate it for Klaxker uh, Threat of the Year. Mm. Yeah, so this is what Write set me down. off because I yeah. saw that in the notes and I made the new category, but we have no nominees in any existing category. We categories. have one category. Okay. We have one nominee. <laughs> and if you want more, Anna, who does a masterful job covering it over on the hashtag PPC chat roundup, you can check that out in podcast form. And she has even like a new intro where she now talks about what she covers, has the nice music, and then covers everything. It's really cool. So don't miss it. It is the uh, Julie's thread over on PPC chat and the hashtag PPC chat roundup podcast. Thanks, Anu and Julie. That was awesome. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from Reddit, PPC chat on Reddit. And this, I'm going to maybe say nomination for take of the year. Write it down. Okay. <laughs> it's from Mr. A. So Milf on Reddit. And Mr. A. So Milf on Reddit says, ever thought about selling a Google Ads search campaign as an NFT? I've listed some on OpenSea. Let's see what happens, smiley face. And I'm like, this is either genius, which I didn't really think, <laughs> or the stupidest <laughs> idea I've ever heard. And so Butterfly270 <laughs> asks, it's is there Butterfly270 really, <laughs> asks, is there really a demand for this though? <laughs> Roofing contractors who know what an NFT is, even let alone Google Ads fluency? And then Mr. A. So Mlith responds saying, 
The NFT would be used by an agency. Instead of creating the campaign structure and doing keyword research from scratch, they can use this template as a start. Imagine an entire bank of campaign templates for entire industries. Trust me, it's pretty forward thinking. Just trying to get into the space first. It doesn't hurt to try. And then so, <laughs> Behold Not says, damn, that's a good idea. But what exactly are you sharing as an NFT? Are you selling the Google Ads service as an NFT or the strategy? And then Mr. A. Somlith says, the plan right now is to sell the actual file, a CSV file that contains the campaigns, ad groups, ad extensions, ads, and keywords, so they can be uploaded directly to the Google Ads editor. The plan could change. In fact, it will probably, but I'm starting with this and seeing where this goes. Uh, uh. How so, do wait? Okay. So no. here, here's <laughs> so everybody out there wondering what the heck you're listening to. <laughs> I want bots says makes no sense. To which somebody responded, NFTs make no fucking sense. And then the response was, can't disagree there. Go for it, OP. No, but I didn't think. What are you thinking? There's so many problems here, but the first one is I'm trying to get into the space first, but then you're sharing your idea with the world. There's your first problem, sir. Use your brains. Or ma'am. <laughs> well, it said Mr. A. <laughs> so left. I just like the fact that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this NFT. It's the roofing NFT. Like, there's Google like, ads. you need landing pages. And it's a CSV file. And I'm not going to just take dark ads. There's so many problems, kids. If this is an what industry if template, buys it? then they have the same ads as you. <laughs> Well, the NFTs, you only get one, right? I just love it. And it really made my night when I couldn't sleep. And I saw this idea and I kept thinking about how this idea could work. Poke holes in this. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. But go for it. Can't disagree there. Go for it, OP. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have... I see why am I people friend of the show Amalia Fowler at Amalia E Fowler on Twitter tweeted a thread this week that is seven signs you're about to hire a crappy digital marketing partner. I will I will not be bleeped. Mm. You just got bleeped, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, you're gunning for that. You have to bleep yourself too. So I'm we're not tied. myself. You're the only one who just got bleeped on that. But you said, did you say crappy? Oh, you listen to posts. <laughs> you won't like this. <laughs> I'm just going to go, you know, this is very Miley Cyrus to pick like seven things I hate about other agencies. And I just really respect a fellow queen. Thank you, Amalia. Um, So I'm just going to run through them really quick. Number one, something she has been really hung up on for a while. I totally agree with her, but I feel like Amalia was just burned. They won't give you access to your accounts. They want to maintain ownership. She has really been upset about this lately. I think she was recently burned. And I think she should be the meme of the man on the street with the cardboard <laughs> sign. And it should say, clients should own their own accounts. And I know you're busy, Greg, so I made the meme for you. Thank you. No, we were on a sales call this one time, and the person's like, they hired some contractor, I guess, to see if like we knew what we were talking about. Ooh. Yeah, but he was cool. I like won him over in one second. He was like, so what are your thoughts on whether or not the client should own the account? 
or whether the agency should own the account. I'm not like the most professional guy. I said instantly to him, I said, if the agency owns the account, they should go directly to jail. And the guy started laughing. It's really great. So Amalia agrees. That's her number one red flag. She also says uh, they tell you the reason they won't let you own the account is proprietary. They want to track literally everything as a conversion. They don't look at your analytics and declare it out of scope. What? They have, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) She's had a lot of bad experiences, I guess. Um, They have, or heard about a lot of bad experiences. They have high employee turnover. And then her seventh is they want to tie you into a long contract with no out clause. And then at the end, I feel like this thread is exactly what you're trying to do with your year. She's like, if you enjoyed this, please give me a follow and retweet it. Yeah, I don't say that to people. You need some energy, (laughs) some Amalia energy for the year of Greg. I know. I just, I don't have, I don't have that in me. It's just not, I need to like, it's got to grow as the year continues. Yeah. I just am so not self-promotional. I just don't know. This is a great list or, or a really bad list of red flags, I guess. So thanks, Amalia. It also makes us feel that everything she's saying is like the exact opposite. Like yeah. uh, number seven, a long contract with no out clause. I'll let you get out of your contract tomorrow. I don't <laughs> care. If you do like a good it, job, they won't want to. I'm, I'm more concerned about the client's success in many cases than the clients. I have a TV screen that refreshes sales data and spend data every one minute. And I sit there and you guys know this every day in my office, like whatever, good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. And before I let you know what's happening in the paid universe this week, I wanted to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. One of my favorite Ahrefs tools that you can access for free with AWT is the Content Gap. Wait, are you sure the Content Gap is free? Yes, you can use it with AWT. That's got to be paid. No. You have the Content Gap in AWT? Yes. Stop what you're doing. Ahrefs.com forward slash AWT. All right, go on, Chuck. This allows you to enter competitor domains and your domain, and it will spit out a list of keywords that those targets rank for that your site does not rank for. So even with this completely free version of Ahrefs, you can do some competitor research and find new opportunities for content on your site. If you want to try AWT today, it is so easy to sign up and verify your site. Learn for yourself. You can go to Ahrefs.com slash AWT to access the content gap and other SEO tools for free. Thank you, Ahrefs. And first up in the paid news this week from Alicia Griffiths. That is a hard one to say when you're in Smile Direct Club. (laughs) Sorry if I mess up your name, at Lish underscore Griffiths. She says, noticed this message this morning as I was setting up a new Performance Max campaign, which wasn't there a few weeks ago. And it says your performance max campaigns will take priority over your shopping campaigns for the same products. In order to retain your overall spend, we recommend you set a similar budget for both campaigns. Consider giving performance max a few days before you start evaluating performance. So this is something that a lot of people were already suspecting and performance max is just like a little shady and gives you no data. So we don't really know what's happening, but now it has been confirmed. She also gave Chris Ridley a shout out in here. Um, and he was like a, an unofficial sponsor of the show last week. So I want to give him a shout out <laughs> you, too. You didn't follow along in discord either. Chris Greg Ridley also went on to say <laughs> the interesting part, which I think is so crazy. He didn't say that. I said the so crazy part 
is that the learn more link that Alicia shared suggests that users should pause their shopping campaigns if you have Performance Max and shopping campaigns running at the same time. And so I went through, I clicked on the link, and there is an actual bullet point. I will read it verbatim, and I saw it live. It's not just their accounts. It says, your Performance Max may take two to three days to ramp up. Once your Performance Max campaign is up and running, you should pause your shopping campaign if your shopping campaign and Performance Max campaigns continue to run at the same time. I'm not surprised, though. Even when they announced it, they said it was replacing But they just it. said use the but same this budget. Should ch- yeah, this, this is misleading. What then. are you doing? You're saying use the same budget Uh-oh. so that it doesn't mm-hmm. cannibalize each other. Then you're saying turn it off. I forgot about the news. I just reported it. And then it's the other thing. <laughs> it's like, what is perform- Performance Max adheres to the matching rules for search campaigns, like an exact match term matching. But then it doesn't adhere to it with shopping if you have something in there like an actual product and you have a high priority. It won't take that into account. It's always the highest priority, which is so ridiculous that they have the same name for all these things. They just think it's a cool name like surveillance advertising, and they think they can get their their agenda through with it. Yeah. And now I'm thinking it's Alicia based on her handle. Let us know, Alicia or Alicia. Sorry about that. And from Sean Ellie at SLE2134 on Twitter, he received a really confusing email this week regarding using trademarks and Google Ads ad copy and how that can lead to your status being approved, limited, or eligible limited. This is really a mess. Um, First of all, the email does not say what the difference between those two statuses are. I'd like to know. And part of it also says, quote, Note that if ad content is receiving impressions, it means it is actively serving in in at least some of the regions or contexts. To learn more about when and where ads are running, you can use campaign reports or geographic and user location reports, which we reported on last week (laughs) are like pointless. Made absolutely no sense. So he said, I'm so confused by this email. If you qualify as a reseller, Google keeps the ads limited tag on your ads and doesn't tell you. Um, is there any way to tell if an account is categorized as a reseller? And then Jenny replied from her at AdsLazon account and said, Hi, Sean. You can see notices in the status column. Check to ensure ads, etc. meet the reseller policy. She linked to it there. We will include it in Discord in the show notes. Or not the show notes, in the email. If you believe they do but are still seeing limitations, we suggest working with the trademark owner directly for authorization. So this is very nuanced. And you might want to read the whole thread if it applies to you. Incredible that we're dealing. Everything is about trying to to figure out what this press is, what the notifications are, what the heck to do. Everybody's saying something different. It's like the verbal meme, you know, the astronaut with that's looking at the, the Earth, oh, and yeah. then there's a gun I've behind seen this it, one. right? Yeah, I've seen like, this one. Yeah. And the one astronaut's like, "Wait, it's almost like Google Ads reps are trying to confuse us." And the other one is like, "Always has been." With the gun of the head. Verbal meme. Beautiful. Deep. Claxer. Put on a claxer. Verbal meme. Best one. Verbal meme of the year. I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to add. Thank God for Jenny. Okay. And then we have an email here. I forget who shared this, but it says, Hi, Google Ads advertiser. Standard shopping campaigns will no longer show on Gmail, Discover, and YouTube. If you'd like to continue showing your shopping ads on YouTube search, we recommend you opt your campaigns into search partners as the inventory will be accessible there starting February 10th, 2022. So another little ICYMI for you there. Then this email I know was shared from me because it says, Hi, Christine. (laughs) This one is from Meta for Business. 
As part of our ongoing efforts to keep discriminatory advertising off our platform, we require all business account admins who create and manage system users to review and certify compliance with our non-discrimination policy on behalf of their business. Starting February 8th, 2022, system users will not be able to create ads until the business admins do so. So that is something that everyone is going to have to be aware of if they're using, are we calling it meta ads? I don't know. I'm I'm sad I didn't get this email. I got well. It goes yeah. to your personal account, probably. You know how it's never oh. the biggest flaw with Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I oh. think Shep might be in Adam's top faves. To be fair, that is true. I'd lean in when I say that, but Mike's too close to my face. <laughs> Andrew Hutchinson also has a new article on social media today about uh, policy requirements for advertisers on Meta for Business. These include adhere to Meta's commerce policies, follow its documented commercial terms, agree to Meta's merchant agreement, adhere to the policies about the types and ads that it will allow, adhere to pages, groups, and events policies, and follow Facebook's community standards and Instagram's community guidelines. So we will have that linked in the newsletter if you need that full list. You may remember we reported on a story from Steve Plimmer at Steve Plimmer last week where he said that it seemed like responsive search ads might be rebranding to versatile versatile search ads, I think is what he said it was, because he saw that in his account, which would it be a better name, we said. Anyway, now he replied to Barry this week because he turned it into an article. Hey, Barry, I revisited the same change report and they reverted back, so I'm relieved to report that it was a false alarm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a false alarm. I think it could have been like a test. Mm -hmm. And the weirdest part of this is that David Peake at David J. Peak on Twitter replied and said, RSAs have always been called versatile ads and chain, hi change history in all my accounts. In fact, it's misspelled as versatile. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that funny? I didn't see that. And before. it's always been that way. Maybe they were like editing it and that's how it came through. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Wow. Vers <laughs> versatile. It's, it sounds like some like new age, like bamboo tile. Yeah. You know? Versatile. So maybe they're going to be versatile text ads. Maybe they're going to be versatile text ads. We'll have to see. I absolutely cannot wait for the verdict on that one. <laughs> I'm rooting team versatile. I am too. We Make need shirts. We yeah. need next merch. Versatile. <laughs> hashtag versatile. And it's just a little tile and it says hashtag versatile. Shirt of the it. year. Okay. Clocks here. Right. Yeah, put it on. <clears throat> There is a really <laughs> awesome new episode of Paid Media Pros on YouTube. This one has Michelle Morgan talking about new Spotify advertising targeting. So in Spotify, ICYMI, you can choose whether you want your ads to play during music or a podcast. Well, they, they have seemed to take it a step further because Michelle also found a new option called competitive separation. That sounds awesome. And it prevents your ads from playing near your competitors. So if that works, I love it. Um, there are also content controls that let you prevent your ads from playing on podcasts that discuss sensitive topics, and you can also choose to target relevant episode content. So those seems like amazing options for any Spotify advertisers. And if you want to talk about Vesatile, you might <laughs> show up on our show. <laughs> okay, so here's a weird one from Google Ads Developers Blog. It says, starting February 15th, 2022, all existing and future smart shopping campaigns will use a shared budget type. Although shared, the assigned budget will only be used by the SSC and will behave like a standard non-shared campaign budget. 
New campaigns cannot be added to the shared budget. This change will have no impact on campaign performance. Mark down that that meme I just made <laughs> one in 2022. What are we doing? This doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I feel like how just... could how could you make things more confusing? Honestly, they're getting. I think they're getting rid of smart smart shopping. Yeah. If, at one point, somebody's like, "What's what's the name we can think of that's best for dumb shopping campaigns?" And they're like, "Oh, smart shopping." <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, this is great, but we need a better OKR. We need a better name. We need something sexier. It needs to sound like a truck. We need something that's really going to pique Sean Alley's interest. Uh, how about <laughs> Performance Max?" And... and then I'm like, "Oh, smart shopping guy, you're fired." Get Performance Max. Give him a raise. Here we are. And then next time, it's going to be like ultra mega boost campaign that's what it's gonna be next but do yeah. you have to share your budget with other campaigns? who cares <laughs> no i don't think so they're just trying to like push everyone away from it it's i reread sense. the announcement from performance max today and they say it's like the new age of shopping like they've been planning to get rid of it the whole time i think okay someone who does not make things confusing is ray johnston for the record if you do smart shopping and you don't like the fact that you can't put in ad scheduling you can with performance max is one super positive so if you've been if you're like b2b or something like that which i have b2b shopping clients performance max will allow you to add schedule very nice okay do you want to know about ray johnston <laughs> no yeah <laughs> hit me he is at i'm ray johnston on twitter and he says Google ads for e-com, 1M, interesting approach. Hmm. Notice a good lift in performance from a test using the new image extensions on search ads. Give it a try. I just feel like every time I throw out a tip like this, I need like charts and percentages and that's what stops me from tweeting. I love this approach. It's like Dumois, it's just a little tip. Like take hmm. it or leave it. Thanks, Ray. And from Stu Hackett, at Stu underscore Hackett, he slid into Greg Finn's DMs to tell us that Google will improve the enforcement of ad policies pertaining to underage users this week after Reuters discovered them and really embarrassed them with some not safe for kids ads in search results that should have been blocked under its efforts to comply with UK regulations that aim to protect teens from being tracked online. So they didn't say how they were doing that, but they said they assured us that they were. So we'll have to see. But if you're, if you're worried out there, you have kids at home, just let me give you a little bit of solace. They blocked Pamela Lund's ad with the man in the black t-shirt yes. and the jeans with his hands in his pocket. So they're safe. <clears throat> That's it for paid. What is happening in organic? Oh, not that much. Just everything in the world. I think world. you're lying. <laughs> I know. This is the week. And first up comes by way of Christina from mm -hmm. Discord. I, it looks like Christine. So I always mess that up. But uh, hey, Discord member of the year. Clockskirt, oh, Christine, my. throw Write that on there. Just so blessed, hashtag blessed to have her in the group. She shares something from Shopify about the future of e-commerce, or actually commerce is what it was. It was, I thought, a very well-rounded piece. And there's 136 pages in this, and they're all designed out. And I skimmed a lot of the shipping stuff. But there's a couple things that I think people listening to the show would really like. 41% of brands plan to increase investment in their paid and organic search. There is a great look at commercial opportunities within social platforms. Um, and again, a lot of times it's really, really one-sided. There is an entire section about the future of retail. Some of the key takeaways that Shopify is saying is that consumers are craving in-person shopping experiences. Favorable lease terms are tempting direct-to-consumer brands into brick and mortar. And that physical retail becomes an affordable acquisition option. So 
that to me, it's not just a giant sales pitch. Yes, there's lots of slides that, sh that sell Shopify and choosing the right platform and all that, but you should check this out if you sell anything online. And then they also talk about um, reimagining the retail staff role with the rise of live chat and virtual shopping, which I thought was cool because to that get this, cool. you have to actually message a chat bot. And it was very nice. The experience was very nice. I said my email and it just sent me the link instantly right there. So go give it a try and it'll be over at community.marketingclock.com and you can get that or sign up at marketingclock.com forward slash newsletter. All right, next up from Adam Gent at double agent, a double agent <laughs> on Twitter. He says, duck duck queries in the last year, 2021 increased by 50% compared to 2021, which I think he meant to say 2020, mm -hmm. but that's what he said. The small search engine now has almost 1 million searches a day. 100 million. 100 million. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome. Um, so you need to make sure that you're optimized, not just for some of the big sites, but for DuckDuckGo. Do you know what DuckDuck likes most on a site? Not a goose. Breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And next up from Glenn Gabe. He had a tweet that said, the war for the living room continues. Your TV could become your command center. With 100 million plus <laughs> monthly active devices. Jess is scared. <laughs> Are you command center? Yeah. Well, you should be scared. Google TV may be planning on in integrating fitness, smart home capabilities, and duo video conferencing tech later in 2020. I don't have those things in my home. I'm not scared anymore. And the article goes on to say Google TV was never just about television, it was about the future of the living room. I just don't need my TV to be an area of exploration about my fitness. You know what I mean? So they're looking to integrate Google Fit, Fitbit services into your television in some way. And it's like, that is the last thing I want. You know, you might go home, have a cold drink or something, maybe head over uh, to <laughs> broodbottle.com. Um, and then all of a sudden you're accidentally video conferencing with my TV while simultaneously tracking how much of a slob I am and auto-inputting my caloric intake into Google Fit while calculating when my heart attack is going to hit so then they can go sell it to an actuary. That's like not what I want. Thank goodness we can't target you based on that surveillance marketing. <laughs> yeah, I'm pro-surveillance <laughs> marketing. There we go, Jess. All right, next up, YouTube is going to shutter almost all of the originals. So YouTube was trying to get people to watch YouTube as an actual video platform with original content. They're not going to take that and put the investment into other opportunities, such as the Creator Shorts Fund and the Black Voices Fund and live shopping. And I just think, why don't departments talk to each other? Like, mm. what if you had an original fitness channel? Like, you, th there's so much opportunity. You have Google TV. The TV team must just look at the announcements that YouTube is making and be like, what on earth are these people doing? Like, go surveil them and see what stupid decision they're going to make and talk them out of it. Like, you want to get people on, like Apple TV has all those shows like Ted Lasso and stuff. And it's like, you're just getting people to use the service, make original, make good content, get people to use Google TV. I don't know, whatever, or Chrome, whatever it is. I don't know. And then it's like, you're putting YouTube shorts. It's like the opposite of what they're trying to do with everything else. Yeah. I don't know. YouTube shorts to YouTube is like Google plus to Google. It is pointless. Nobody Aww. wants it. Let's Nobody's going to use it. There are social media platforms for that. All right, next up for Matt Navarro. <laughs> yes, Greg. <laughs> it's your year, man. I didn't sleep last night. I'm, I'm, I'm ramped up I today. I can tell. Apple Podcasts is now recommending shows to follow through a listen with famous people feature, according to Matt Navarro. <laughs> so okay. you can see it in the browse section of the podcast app. 
And he says, or Apple says, the first entry comes from the best-selling author and podcaster, Jay Shetty. Podcast listeners will find five show recommendations with an explanation from Jay on why each show is chosen. Listeners will also find quick access to Shetty's On Purpose podcast. Like, no wonder he did it. You can get Shetty On Purpose. I mean, everybody wants that. Um, <clears throat> let's do it here quick, all right? Here we go. What was it called again? Listen with Greggy, all right? <laughs> so here's your podcast playlist. Marketing What's New, hashtag PPC Chat Roundup, Azeem Digital Ask, PPC Ponderings, Web Design SEO Club. Hashtag Listen with Greggy. I love it. I'll listen with you. <laughs> we did it last As long as you're not playing Steel Panthers. <laughs> Thurs? All right. There's more information about subscriptions <laughs> in Apple and one in five podcasts with subscriptions have converted more than 10% of listeners into paid subscribers. Early access and exclusive content converts the most listeners into subscribers. So if you are looking to do that, you know, it does work 10%, at least on this, uh, actually turn into paid subscribers. All right, next up from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Land, the Google Page Experience update is coming to desktop and Google launched a page experience report for desktops in Google Search Console. So you can see the example of it. If you are one of those losers that like charts, you'll definitely dig this, so don't miss it. All right, and something that is Neva a good sign from <laughs> Fast Company. Now Neva's ad-free Google Search alternative has a free version. The search engine from ex-Googlers would still like you to pay, but it thinks it'll be easier to make the sale to users who have lived with the product. And I just think, you know, marketing team here for you, what if we called it Freeva? Ooh. All right, next up, YouTube is previewing new tools to help creators showcase the value of their channel for brand promotions. We talked about this when it was announced, but it seems like it's here for more creators. There's a media kit edition. It has some really cool charts, demographics. You can have four featured videos and you can showcase other sponsorships that you've had. So if you're out there, you're a creator and you're trying to get more advertisers to that, that's great. But I'm going to put on my Greggy Holmes hat here and say, like I did last time, what's in it for YouTube? Well, they're not going to just get you to get pay more paid promotions without taking something on mm. there. But I appreciate it now, but I'm still skeptical. All right, keeping it here on YouTube. YouTube wants to auto-download videos for you. <laughs> There's a new feature that can detect when users, it's a test right now, are connected to Wi-Fi and uses that connection to download up to 20 recommended videos per week to their device. The idea is to create a kind of automatic backup so users will still have content to watch if they happen to lose internet or cell service. I will download it if I want to. Yeah. No. Next up, YouTube has added a new advanced <laughs> analytics option to YouTube Studio, which helps you visualize the performance of your upload by the focus topic of each, helping to provide more context to the comparative performance of each clip. This is a really cool look. It's almost like a scatter plot where you can hover in on videos and see some of the different performance metrics and what's doing better in certain times. Um, and it's main, the one that they showed was the first seven days performance. Um, looks really great. YouTube is doing a fantastic job for their creators. So nothing to hate on there. So uh, let's head on over then to let's ruin Google Maps news. And this comes from at SEO Alley, Alley Morganson on Twitter. She says, seeing review snippets get some prominence directly on the map. And I like it. Another reason to get keywords in your reviews, find out how. Now I want everybody to look at this map here. And what's happening is there's maybe six words that are cut out as a snippet 
from a random review of a business. And I look at this and everything seems like it's the best, the mm -hmm. greatest. I absolutely hate this. Reviews should be stars. And YouTube yeah. and Google, everything mm -hmm. that Google touches, they don't know how to do reviews. I don't want to see that everything is good. I want to see that one thing is four and that one thing is five. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see how many likes a YouTube video has. I want to see how many likes compared to how many dislikes they have. I don't understand why Google doesn't like any type of anything but positivity. Everything's just got to be so positive. I hate it. This is a terrible, terrible improvement. Do you like this? Is this helpful? No, it is not helpful. No, I feel bad for the second chance clothing and more. They have nothing to say about that. Everyone else is the best. They're nothing. But at least they have a little smiley little bag next to them. So go over there. All right. <laughs> next up, if you're picking an e-commerce platform, you may want to check out this, which I was alerted to by Glenn Gabe, 2019 BFF of the show and best organic follow of 2021. Shopify is stepping up the China expansion through a tie-up with e-commerce giant JD.com. JD said they'll open an accelerated channel for brands on Shopify to begin selling in China and will handle the price conversion and logistics from U.S. to China. It seems like they're handling everything. We're like, JDI, am I right? Just do it. All right, and that's it for Organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right, first up in social this week from main newsbreaker, social mover and shaker, Matt Navarra. Ever heard of him? He says, new, TikTok has made big changes to TikTok stories. And then he lists a bunch of things in a thread. I must say some of them. TikTok stories now show up in FYP feed instead of the story sidebar. I had to ask Data by Sarah what so FYP what's the stands point for. For you, Paige. Well, I know that now. Is the I point guess. that it's just like really timely and you want it to expire? So that was my main thing that I wanted to talk about is I don't use TikTok, so my opinion's not valid, but I feel like TikTok is the original story. So you want to put stories in the main feed. It's just another short video. I feel like this is the one place where that makes sense. Right? Yeah, but then why do you need stories if it's already stories? Because then they go away. It's just, but it's the same type of content. Like if Instagram did this, I would throw up because I'm mad that they put so many reels in my feed. I just feel like it makes sense. I disagree, but... That's fine. You're a platform user. I'm someone who doesn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's something, Shep, you may have an opinion on. You can now see anyone's stories, not just those from people you follow. I don't know if you care. Creating... A I don't really follow anyone. Perfect. So now you can see everyone's <laughs> stories. Creating a new story is now done via the plus button instead of the sidebar because the sidebar is going away as we just talked about. New story create mode is called quick. Okay. Multi-part stories are viewed in the for you page by tapping the video. <laughs> stories are highlighted in your FYP with a blue stories tag. And then he had follow-up tweets with screenshots of everything that I found useful because I don't use the platform. Did you put stories in a marketing clock? No, I okay. haven't done anything with marketing o'clock since Caleb left. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you, Caleb. We need help. <laughs> oh, here's another tweet from Kendall, parentheses, Zach, at Ken underscore Schillinger. Pinterest now has a new highlights feature to display your pin ideas. And he tagged Matt Navarra in this one and shared a screenshot of what it looks like. Check it out on the video. Next from social media today, Twitter's Coming NFT profile display option moves to the next stage of testing. This is, I, I don't even know. According to the article, some use, users are being notified of the new option in the app, and there's a screenshot of the notification, which is helpful. It starts with, what is an NFT? Which I find useful. It's a CSV file that contains <laughs> all of the campaign info to be uploaded to Google Ads Editor. 
That's exactly what this says, <laughs> word for word. So our Reddit friend was onto something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Snapchat has added Bitmoji reactions and DMs, as well as emoji-powered poll stickers. Say that five times fast. It makes me actually wish I used the platform. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm trying to make brown hearts happen. I You pointed something out the other day. It was about hot chocolate, right? I don't even remember. I just think it's a nice, it's like a nice shade of brown, which you never hear anyone say. And I'm a big fan of the black heart emoji. So I feel like brown needs some love. Like <laughs> this is no? a guilty pleasure. You're, you're, you're too emo goth Navarro for that. A nice shade of brown. It's a nice shade of brown. Looks like chocolate. Anyway, whatever. Um, if you're into these features, brown hearts or not, they are rolling out on Android and iOS. The article said in the coming days, the article's a little less than a week old, so they're probably already there. Twitter also announced this week that all Spaces hosts can now record their chats. This is definitely a nice to have. You can keep and share that content rather than just have it be fleeting. Ha. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. It was a Twitter joke. Too soon for that joke, Jess. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's too late. Uh, back to TikTok and back to Matt Navarra. He tweeted, new. TikTok is testing a video link in descriptions feature. You can add up to 15, which is a whole lot. My words, not his. Video links in a new TikTok video's description. This is useful for brands and creators to signpost their other TikTok videos. I wonder if Matt cheers for Navarro College over Trinity Valley. Just a thought. You think he's related to Dave Navarro? Side note. Well, you're in a community college and you're like Are you competing? talking about cheer? I, I, you know what I'm talking about. You have about. to watch it. I know, but you're a community college, right? Yeah. You can have up to what? But two years of eligibility? It's not years? a division one sport. So they, they they just end up, it ended up getting big at the, Eddie called it JUCO last night. Is that a thing? Junior, Junior college? college yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. But why would you chronicle a team that's not at the top level? Because if you're the best of the best, you end up going to one of these two junior colleges. We just found out on TikTok this week that there's only two teams in the category. Oh, so they're, they're but they so really, Daytona only has those two? No, like there's other, I think there's other levels. I I think it probably has something to do with the size of the team. I kind of know a thing or two because I was on um, the Dan Scripps in college. Oh, were you? What's yes. your favorite move? So like, for example, we were, <laughs> we were, national champions, I'm using air quotes, but we beat like four teams the whole year because it's, not a D1 sport. So it's like about the side, the amount of girls on the team. But why wouldn't you watch a D1 sport? Because you know if like, you're really good. Your husband good, went to the NFL game. He didn't go to like a peewee football game. Because they don't, it's not a part of the NCAA. So they don't have recruiting dollars. So they, it's not like those big colleges are going to get the best girls. They just end up going to Trinity Valley or Navarro College. I don't know. A cheerleader could call in and let me know. I think about it a lot. <laughs> All right, cheerleaders. <laughs> I don't know the community at marketing clock and enlighten us, please. While you're at it, head on over to LinkedIn because their virtual event attendance is up 231%. This is an article from Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal. You can roll your eyes. Of course, virtual is up. But I mean, let's remember that it's now 2022 and not 2021. So, or well, I guess 2021 versus 2020, it's up 230%. So that's actually a big deal because everyone was virtual in 2020 and some folks weren't in 2021. But for maybe a half of the year, there was, there was a quarter of the year of panic, a quarter of the year of uncertainty, and then half of the year it was virtual. So those numbers don't seem that great to me. It's an it's a improvement by 231%. I don't know if anybody cares about the numbers. The news buried in this article, you can read it if you like stats. Uh, LinkedIn is working on audio live events that will allow attendees to actively participate in the conversation rather than just being part of the audience. I feel like 
that's good, right? I mean, we don't always need video associated with everything. It takes a lot more out of folks. So maybe we'll get some more meaningful conversations happening just because people don't feel pressure to be on camera. I, like, I wish we didn't have that pressure, but. I like Nicole's suggestion. Everything in the metaverse. That was not her suggestion. That's what I felt. Okay, well, I think that's kind of blasphemy considering she's not here to speak for herself. No, and I'm so glad she spoke for me next week. Thank you, Nicole. Last week, next week, it's not a subliminal hint. I'll be here. <laughs> All right, here's something nobody needs. Oh, from Matt Navarra. We know him. He says, Instagram is testing a vertical swipe stories feed in Turkey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say it in that tone. <laughs> <laughs> he actually put the woot emoji i feel like he's just <laughs> moving along yeah <laughs> he's more excited than i am okay next up from chris ridley in our discord community uk class action lodged against meta seeks 3.1 billion for breach of competition law provided by tldr marketing daily newsletter and I wanted to read this whole thing, but we don't have a lot of time. I just want to say thanks for doing the work for me, Chris. If you ever want to sub in, Nicole's not available. Let me call. Finally, from social media today, Twitter launches a new program to help healthcare providers stay up to date on the latest industry announcements. It's a new partnership with Publicist Health Media, which will see Twitter integrated into key healthcare conferences throughout the year, ensuring more people can keep in touch with relevant announcements, even if they can't physically attend. That's the one thing I, I really miss with my healthcare is Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're trying to use social platform for good. We're going to end on a high note here, Greg. All right. Now under our segment segments, we have a new playlist, the marketing old playlist. Woo. And we decided to put this together for, for when you're not listening to the show. If you want to listen to what we're listening to while we're doing marketing, we're putting together our own playlist. It's going to be me, Shep, Jess, and Nicole. And I think it's going to be a very eclectic view of music because Jess... <laughs> is like metal chaos. I feel like Nicole, well, actually, I saw her pics. But before I saw her pics, I feel like Nicole has like very, very good taste. And then she has like one internet song. What in is it. good? She has a mix of like some comedy things and then like an indie record that's much cooler Nicole than Nicole has taste, okay? And Fiona Apple. Okay. She's, she has taste. She, Whatever. Nicole knows good things. She's a sophisticated so individual. I. I feel like I have the most well-rounded taste, maybe, some say. And then Shep is Taylor Swift. <laughs> I said, put this in here. I said, Shep, can you load up a couple songs, like five to ten songs? Six Taylor Swift songs. It's not So you're going to listen to like different music and then you're going to hear Taylor Swift. You're going to want to shuffle this playlist, y'all. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to put that together. You can find it at community.marketingcollect.com. We're going to redirect it at playlist.marketingcollect.com. If you want to just listen into some marketing tunes, you might find some new good <laughs> stuff from me or some Taylor Swift from Shep. And at the very end of the show, we're just going to name a song. We're going to put it on the playlist. We're not going to talk about it. And then you decide. So just another way to uh, hopefully help you out in your marketing workday. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. This isn't necessarily a new thing, but I just want to give some love to the Salesforce integration with Google ads, and also Microsoft ads. It works really well. Um, I have an account where their people are qualifying the PPC leads as they're coming in in Salesforce and the integration sends it right back into Google ads within an hour and it's really fast and it's great for optimizing my campaign. So I love that. Thanks Salesforce. What about you, Greg? All right. I was segmenting some data in Google analytics. Um, so this is something for all you non EU people out there, <laughs> but if you have a segmentation on a segment, 
and you are looking at that versus the entire view. I didn't know that for some stats, it'll show against the total, but for some, it'll say the average for that analytics view, and it will compare that against the view. So let's say that you've got, you know, some wildly different categories or wildly different content, and you segment down to that content in your segment view. You can then see what the pages per session are for people that maybe um, use that as your landing page or average session duration. And you can compare that against what the site is performing right there in one spot. You'll see it on the screen on YouTube. I love it. Thank you, Google Analytics. And for me, I was living my small business life last week and I got to play with Pointy, which I know we've talked about a little bit on the show before, but I will say it was super easy to set up. I just connected my account. Obviously, it integrates with our POS, but you can now Google my business, which is Brood and Bottled. And get the Google Craft business profile. And get my Google business profile. Oh. You have to Google my business to do that. But when it shows up, you can see what I have in stock and it pulls in your inventory and is really awesome. It was a super easy experience. It just took a couple of days to sync up. But if you're doing anything brick and mortar retail, highly, highly recommend Pointy. For me, it was free. I didn't have to buy any hardware because it integrates with my POS. So, And if you want to see hard. it in action, Google Brood and Bottled Lewiston, New York. But make sure you leave a five-star review and say Jess is the best. <laughs> And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is the OmniSend email subject line tester. It does what it says, people. Test your subject lines. You simply input the subject line that you're thinking of using on your next email and it will give you a score of 100% and how great it is, which seems like nothing, but it then goes on to break down why you got said score with recommendations on how to improve. We're talking things like character count, word count, word choice, which is awesome, and scannability. So if people don't want to read the whole thing, what do they see? It's free to use, so email marketers add this to your quick check tool belt. We'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord, so pick your poison and check it out. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Data Heartthrob Simo Ahava, and it is the Debug Guide for Web Analytics and Tag Management. And this post covers debugging with browser extensions and browser developer tools and breaks down what these tools can do, why you might want to use them, and how to use them. I ran this by Sarah, who's been on the show a few weeks back, and said, how good is this? Sarah said, Simo doesn't miss. That was what she said. And she also appreciated that at the end of the article, Simo says, it covers only a fraction of the approaches you can take when debugging your analytics and tag management implementations. But there's nothing remotely close to anything this thorough out there. So if this is a fraction, I don't even want to see what it's like in Simo's head but we appreciate it. This is a must read. Thank you, Simo. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you again, Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for sponsoring today's show. Like Search Console, AWT is free. Unlike Search Console, you can see all backlinks, domain and page level SEO metrics, broken links for both internal and external links, and more than just the top 1,000 keywords. So please support the show and give it a test and let us know what you think. There has never been a better time than now to get your site up and running for the new year over at hrefs.com slash awt. Okay, everyone, what are you adding to your playlist? Greg, you're first. 80s song, pure 80s. Firehouse, don't treat me bad. 
Okay, Jessica Budd. Mojo by Peeping Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know. And then I will be adding Tonight Belongs to You by the cast of Netflix's film, The Prom. I didn't know Taylor sings that. She doesn't. (laughs) It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. Today, we are playing everyone's favorite game. This... It's not a game. It's Guilty Pleasures, <laughs> where we go around the table and confess a guilty pleasure. Today, we're all going to do one. Just Bud, I'm going to start with you and put you in the hot seat. What Ooh. is a guilty pleasure? Embrace yourself, you? audience. <laughs> Jess is coming. I don't know. I don't know how weird this one is. You guys already know that I've been playing Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, right? Yes. So like that's out there. But I sometimes I'm too tired to play. Sometimes I just like watch YouTube videos of like the crash, like epic roller coaster crashes or like the carousel spinning out of control. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so, do you guys remember Are you just... the carousel would break down and it was just like, a... <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it makes sense. It's amazing. It goes so fast. Are you watching this as you're trying to fall asleep? Or I what? mean, no, I'm like, well, I'm in like go to bed mode, but I'm still up. So like, I'm not like trying on your to phone fall asleep. Games. Yeah. It's like when I'm at a Candy Crush Lives, I don't want to fire up my computer Candy and build Crush a theme park. Lives? Yeah. That's okay. Now we're on another guilty <laughs> Also, I feel like Jess doesn't try to go to sleep. I feel like <laughs> yeah. sleep just she tries comes not to, Jess. to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Fair. Okay. Um, I don't know about that one. We need to talk <laughs> offline. Sammy, what is your guilty pleasure? Well, some people... I know enjoy pimple popping videos, but I I actually really love uh, chiropractor videos of like chiropractors aligning people like and you can hear their back crack. I don't get that. I Mm. think it's so satisfying. And sometimes you can see like a before and after of the person like after a few weeks where like sometimes they're like hunched over and then like after a few weeks weeks they have like amazing posture i have watched those i love it so satisfying do you guys know about the y strap no No. i don't think so (laughs) why don't you tell us they put your chin in like a hammock and you're laying down and then this doctor like yanks it back (gasps) from behind you and it apparently takes like hundreds of pounds of pressure off your spine like this that's what i need All right. Well, my guilty pleasure is something that I've reconnected with over the years, having seven-year-olds, and it is the smell of rubber bouncy balls. I don't know if anybody knows that smell. It is You know it when it's around you, and nothing else in the world smells like that, but they get these rubber bouncy balls, and I'm just like, that smell, maybe just brings me back to childhood, but that is... An all-time smell. It's a good smell. It's a great smell. It's, it's really definitely smell. very, like, recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all smelled it when you said yeah. that. Like, it's, yeah. Okay, well, mine, I feel like I usually keep these really light, and I've been toying with, like, a real confession. I, like, just <laughs> love food so much. What? <laughs> wait, it, it's coming, wait. So, 
I'm like big, like clean plate club. Like I love like sauces. Like my husband eats more than me. Like he has a bigger appetite, but I just like cannot leave like a speck of food on my plate. Like it's like an OCD thing. I love to like eat the sauce. And a lot of times like he won't finish his, he'll leave like a piece of asparagus or something and I'll eat it when I'm like acting like I'm putting the dishes away. Oh. And then I also always scrape like the side of a container or if we have mm. mac and cheese, it'll be like two random noodles in the pot and I'm always going to eat them. And it's really out of control. So is that, <laughs> that secret bite, that hidden bite better than normal? Yeah. Cause it's like, you think you're done <laughs> and then you're coming back for more. So I think that's what makes it guilty is that you're like, when he thinks I'm cleaning yeah, the plate, Yeah, I'm acting I like I'm it. being helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just snaking his food. So it gets it gets bad when you have kids that actually mm. eat plates of food because then you have a whole new world opened up to you, just yeah. so you know. It, it could be a serious problem. I'm yeah. eating two dinners now because I feed her macaroni and cheese and then I'm eating something like better, like healthier, but I'm eating her mac and cheese too. Now, you need you, to come to my house. We waste a lot of food. Do you only fit her things you like? Um, no, because no, okay. I don't, you know, I don't like um, man-made meats. <laughs> That's what she said the other day. She's like, I don't like man-made meats. Like, what meat like is processed. man-made? <laughs> like, like bologna. Like sweaty thought, meats. Like sweaty meats. Sweaty meats. <laughs> Salami. <laughs> oh. Or something like, she had ham the other day. I would never eat like a deli ham. Or swine. Yeah. 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 Swine is just a no. <laughs> okay. Well, now everyone knows everything about me, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs>